Russell could have could have made uh, Moffat rein it in a bit with the over-convoluted and complicated plot lines, and Moffat could have pointed out to Russell when he's when he's being a fucking idiot. Where it's literally no, we don't need aliens with rhinos as heads. Yes, and, you know, stupid half animals, little. Um, oh, speaking of um, speaking of uh, red midgets with uh, stegosaurus horns and who are up uh, secretly robots. <laughs> cries a lot over Rose in this series. <laughs> I don't know whether I've said that before. Well, he he does a he does a bit. Does he does he is he I don't think he does as much as series 3. Um yeah, I think obviously that's written purposefully mm. because Rose is in this series. Yeah. Um yeah, I know for God's sake. Just when you think that he sort of moved on and he's over it. She comes back, <laughs> so it's like you know, it was, even in series three when she wasn't physically there. Yeah, she was. You could, you know, her presence was still around, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, like the, the bit ghost of, at the feast. Yeah, like the bit when he when he finds her her denim jacket in the in the TARDIS and he like sniffs it and starts wanking. <laughs> <sighs> you know I mean? I'm exaggerating slightly, um, <laughs> but the uh, the thought behind it was there by Russell. Yeah, sorry uh, for to our child, child listeners um, there. Um, let's get this PG. <laughs> <laughs> when have we ever kept it Two PG? minutes in. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. can I just say, first of all, um, thank the Time Lords for Donna Noble. Oh, yeah. Because she is brilliant. Yeah. In my opinion, she is... The Tenth Doctor's best companion. She's the best companion. Mm, well, mm, well, yeah, because yeah. Mm, well, then I don't know. But I was going to say she's the best companion of the Russell T Davis era. But then I think Jack's the best companion of all time. Yeah, uh, she. I think she's the Tenth Doctor's best companion. Um, yeah, definitely, and. Um, and possibly one one of the best companions of the Rusty Davis era, um, probably second only to, to Jack. Mm. But that's just because I think Jack's one of the best companions of all of Doctor Who, yeah, including classic Who. Yeah, so was... you can't. So you, I don't think you can put him um, any lower than number one. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know. I remember at the time people were like, "Oh, we're not sure about Catherine Tate, you know, because she, she she was only really known for her show, yeah, and her sort of characters. Like, am I bothered?" And yeah, that. and um, <laughs> and the acting chops weren't really um, hadn't really been displayed. No, they hadn't um, to the public, I guess. But the, she's really good. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not um, at the time. Yeah, you may be thinking yeah, it's a bit of an odd inclusion, but I don't think. Uh, I don't think those worries kind of stuck around for long oh, right? yeah. after the first couple of episodes, um, especially 
after maybe uh, fires of Pompeii. Yeah, I mean, I think she's, I think she's a better actor than Freema mm. Aikman. Yeah. Um, sorry, Freema, but um, uh, maybe not, not as, maybe well, maybe not as good as Billy Piper because she's like sort of um, uh, professionally trained. Um, but she's yeah, I mean, she's 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 she can certainly do the serious stuff. I mean, yeah, it's but... not all, um, you know, sort of. Uh, being funny and silly yeah. there's a lot of um, emotion yeah being, um, uh, being attitude and sarcasm yeah of which there's still than, a lot of yeah <laughs> but i think the main thing the main thing about donna is is that for me um she makes the tenth doctor better yeah he is at his best when he's with her yeah and that is because and this is what we've been saying this whole time because finally they've taken away the, the stupid romance yeah. angle with the companions and series four just proves because everyone agrees series four is probably the strongest of the whole of, of that era yeah it's the most it's the it's the, the sort of con, consistently good it's it's everyone's favorite oh that everyone says that's the peak of doctor who i disagree but um <laughs> you know it's and that's why because because there's no stupid romantic subplot it's just the doctor and his companion and their friends and they go off and have adventures yeah and he feels much more like like a, a, a traveler who you know who goes on adventures in this series rather than this sort of like ro- dashing romantic hero that they saw literally Casanova. yeah yeah <laughs> right it's like in the first uh, in the first two series of uh, tenants reign it's a little bit like the the characters kind of merged over yeah. from another BBC drama yeah. that David Tennant was in exactly. Um, but with with this one, I mean, um, I mean, I don't think Casanova's as psychotic um, as the Tenth Doctor, <laughs> but um, yeah, it feels like this one. Uh, Donna is a great. Um, is foil the best word? I think she's just like a better Yang, you know, like yes to his Ying, you know. And um, it's kind of very evident very quickly. I mean, we've, she's already been in it, you know, but um, now that they're travelling together rather than just being in a one-off story, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good series, I think. Yeah, yeah. And she, I, I like that she, um, she she doesn't swoon over him. You know how in with Rosa Martha, he, he, he just sort of does a, does a wink and a, and a, and a sort of, cheeky grin and all that shit and uh whereas that that doesn't work on donna because she's not interested in him um and uh in that way so and she challenges him which is great you know yeah like none more so than in the fires of pompeii when he is in full psycho mode Mm. um and she's like no you know please please save um please save this This one family Yeah. yeah Oh, and I'll tell you what, I read something interesting literally um, about an hour ago. Mm. And uh, you know how they were, uh, they incorporated Peter Capaldi, um, his role as, uh, is it um, Cassius or Cassius? Cassius. Cassius. So they they, they explained that by him being the 12th Doctor is is that it it was, he was a promise he made to Donna to always save someone. So he made himself look like... uh, 
Casio, whatever it's like, cassette player. Casio. Um, um, he made himself deliberately look like that yeah. to remind himself to always say someone. Now, I also read... I'm pretty sure he says that in the first episode for a couple of people. Um, well, he, he doesn't say it about He references yeah, it yeah. in the first episode, doesn't he? He says, he says, why did I pick this face? Yeah. But I just read, interestingly, because you know Capaldi's also in Children of Earth? Is he? Yeah, he, play, he's a, he plays quite a prominent role <laughs> in Children God's of Earth, which is the Torchwood so special. Yeah. But I, I didn't know this. I thought they, they've just, they, you know, sweep that up. Like Karen Gillan appearing in, in Fires of Pompeii. Yeah. But I just read that they've, they've actually made that canon. And what they've made it is um, that the character he plays in Children of Earth is a descendant of... Um, Caecilius. Caecilius, thank you. <laughs> and what it is, is that apparently, the, so they've explained it, that the reason that, that, that his Peter Capaldi's character in Children of Earth and his whole family get killed is because it's time correcting itself. Oh, wow. From when the tenth doctor saved his his ancestor and his family, I'm okay with that. That's I think that works. I think it's really good. I really like that. I was like, wow, that is. I'll have to. We'll have to talk about it more when uh, we get we get to those to the children to the Torchwood podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sorry to for spoilers ahead there, but I just thought that was a really interesting fact, and obviously because Fires of Pompeii is in this series, um, one of two historicals in this series. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so I thought I'd bring that up. So there you go. You know, uh, as per usual, we're going to do the we're going to do the usual um, what we believe, what our favourite uh, episode see, yeah. or story is, what we believe the 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 best. Yeah. In terms of quality, is which are the worst. The yeah. The worst. Yeah. Well, they they could be, they could not be. I don't think they have been recently. Uh, well, I mean, I think. Sometimes they've been different, um, but normally the, our least favourite and the worst are the same. But yeah. Sometimes our favourites and the best are different because um, you know you might you might like an episode, but you don't necessarily think it's 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 the best one. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I start then? Yes, um, uh, because I did the first two. I went first. Um, all right. Well, I'll start. Oh, see now. This is the thing is that. This series was, in my opinion, is is really good, really strong. I mean, it's consistently good. And, and the, the trouble with this series is I don't think there's actually an episode that is bad. I don't. I really don't. I mean, some episodes aren't as good as others. Yeah. That, that's, that's, you know, that's a fact of, of any um, series. But... Um, but this episode, uh, this series is really, really strong. I mean, F series one, two, and three has episodes in it that I think are really poor. But this series, I don't think there's any episode that's that's poor. There's there's not a single episode that I wouldn't watch again, or I think that was that like that I struggled to watch, that I struggled to get through. Um, but if I had to pick one, and this is going to be controversial, but I have a reason for this. And this is your favourite. Oh, this is my favourite? Yeah. Okay, I was going to start with bad ones. All right, we'll mix up. We'll do, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do the worst first. Um, did, I thought I'd get the negatives out of the way. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Do you know, and, and before before I unveil it, I just want to say that 
yeah, there are probably other episodes that maybe are a bit sillier, but I like them for for specific reasons. So Mm. I'm going to have to pick the unicorn and the wasp. Um, I know that's controversial. I'm sure there are people out there who really like it. Um, And, you know, I, I do love a historical, but... The problem I had with this episode was it it once again and it, you know as we discussed there's a, there's an episode that that does the, every series suffers from this the Lazarus experiment the Lazarus effect we could call it or well, well the first one was Father's Day wasn't it Father's yeah series one where we don't the, the formula is usually they've shoehorned an alien into a story that doesn't need aliens at all exactly and I think it should be. Um, I think it should be a staple of the series where there's, you know, like there's Doctor Light episodes or Companion Light episodes, which we'll get to uh, in this series. I feel like there needs to be an Alien Light episode. A human story. A human story episode. Completely agree. Um, In every series. And uh, as you've obviously been listening to, we we completely nail it every time. Yeah, Um, (laughs) we are uh, the best. And... uh, (laughs) You know, we, we, we're without fault and uh, we we sort out the... We're here to clean up after, right. um, after the writers because... They call us the script doctors. Oh! Yeah, um, so... And I completely agree that this is one episode where yeah. that needed to happen for it to be a better episode oh it, i mean i mean it had the just like with father's day and just like with the lazarus um experiment um so what i'm going to call this phenomenon is the lazarus effect nice um and and this episode unfortunately suffers from the lazarus effect they don't need the wasp yeah. and I, I you know maybe they thought oh the, the unicorn and the wasp sounds just like an agatha christie novel that's exactly what i thought but it's just it's you know you you've you've already got everything. It's it, you know it's a brilliant idea. Let's have an episode set in um set in in a in the sort of in a murder mystery. Let's have Agatha Christie herself be the centre of it. Um, and I actually, I actually like the I like the, the 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 way and I think it's quite clever in this episode the way they incorporate the alien threat into the murder mystery. Yeah. Um, with this, with the with the character of the 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 Reverend spoilers, mm. um, who is turns out is is the long lost child of, of one of the characters, and he's his father was an alien, yeah. and so he has this uncontrollable anger that makes him kill, and 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 hence and that, anyway, it's a little bit more complicated, and I can't yeah. really explain it, but it works basically. The 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 murder mystery element and the alien element. Uh, actually works unbelievably so, as does the presence of Agatha Christie um, which you th- which you could say oh they've just shoehorned in a, a famous historical figure but it really works but the thing that is completely unnecessary is the fact that he turns into a fucking giant wasp <laughs> what, they don't need that it's like <sighs> it's just having it's, it's having a monster for the sake of having a monster of the week and it's it's against the again it's the Lazarus effect. It's um you know it's it's the it's the flying pterodactyls in Father's Day. It's the it's the stupid CGI the Mummy Returns scorpion in the Lazarus experiment. 
it's just so pointless and it ruined the episode for me and that's why i've picked it because there are like there aren't like the the, the fat episode is kind of dumb and silly i yeah. but i like that because um it introduces donna and i like the whole donna and doctor getting back together and finding yeah. each other thing so i can forgive that because it um i enjoy it for that element but this episode frustrated me because it could have potentially been so good and it was ruined by having a fucking giant insect. Again, another giant yeah. insect. It's um again, it feels like Russell T. Davis picked the picked the the post-it note off the board where he's just written down a hundred random things. Yeah. Like Agatha Christ- Christie, uh Wasp. Yeah. Um you know, I know, obviously, it's part of the time period for where Agatha Christie's in it, but, you know, like the 1920s. Yeah. <clears throat> but I feel like if they had just had uh, a different alien, I know we were talking just a second ago about it doesn't need an alien. I think, though, you should have had those options. Yeah. You should have had... Um, it not be an alien at all or it just be an alien yeah they shoehorned in the wasp because it's part of another Agatha Christie novel yeah which the doctor shows at the end yeah you know printed in the year five billion or whatever yeah I thought that was a bit cringe um, because it, they're still they're still printing it in a book for I'm just like even that year Kindles were a thing man <laughs> so yeah. that, there is no way shape or form that like I know, I know he says oh that everyone t- will keep reading books but I'm like that's not st- sustainable yeah f- that many trees in five billion years yeah I, I'm what? like dude just say just right. literally just bring out this um, futuristic hollow thing yeah and be like look they still read agatha christie yeah but it's you're but he brought out a fucking book that looked like it was from the 60s yeah didn't it a really a really old fashioned cover didn't it like my nan probably had that book yeah (laughs) like so don't don't do that i was just like this is really cringe if he had just said look they'll be printing it for years and years people are still reading but then he just goes turn to the front page or the back page and it says Printed in the year five billion, and then I was just like, "Fuck off, Russell!" Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's just uh, they needed yeah. to. They needed to. Um, it needed. Um, I don't know. Did he write that episode, Russell? I don't know if he I did. I don't know. Maybe look it up. Well, we. I'm. I'm going to come to that later. No, about Graham. Graham Harper. But yeah, I think. No, I think it needed. It needed. Um, right. It needed unrustling, if I'm if I'm being honest. Unsurprisingly, he wrote Partners in Crime, featuring the the fat coming to life. Um, oh no, he no, oh that was the director. It was written by um, but I don't Gareth know. Rose. But I don't but, yeah, know. still still needed a little bit of like it needed um, streamlining. Um, yeah, it needed a little bit. I feel like that was very much first or second draft. Do you know, I think, I, I, looking at this list, he only wrote... Uh, Honours in Crime. He only wrote that, 
the, the well, another another one I'm going to talk about later. Yes. And the finale. Yeah. So that's probably why this series is so good. Um, because he minimal Russell. He has minimal input in the actual writing. Look, Russell C. Davis is very talented. He's far more talented than I'll ever be at writing. Oh yeah, I, his Midsummer Night's Dream was one of the best I've ever seen. But in the doc, in the t- context of Doctor Who, he can go a bit too far into the absurd slash not very good. <laughs> so I'm being I'm being quite nice. So. Because obviously he is like one of the reasons why we have Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. So I can't. I can't we can't hate him. I know, and also, like I said, I'm entertained by quite a lot of stuff he does. So again, far better writer than I could ever probably dream to be. So I'm not going to go too far into that. But yeah, sometimes Russell needs reining in. Maybe, maybe if he had another person show running with him. Who had a bit? Maybe if him and Stephen were doing it at the yeah, same time, that I, think, I think it could have been a perfect. a right combination. But yeah, the because uh, because Russell could have could have made uh, Moffat rein it in a bit with yeah. the over convoluted and complicated plot lines, and Moffat could have pointed out to Russell when he's when he's being a fucking idiot. Where it's literally no, we don't need aliens with rhinos as heads. Yes, and, you know, stupid half animals, little. Um, Oh, speaking of um, speaking of uh, red midgets with uh, stegosaurus horns and who are uh, secretly robots, <laughs> uh, Voyage of the Damned. Oh yeah, was the Christmas special we watched. Yeah, we'll touch on that because um, uh, before we get to to my worst, um, I completely agree with all of the points. Um, yeah, uh, you know, shocker and um, yeah, I think. Okay, we'll talk about Voyage of the Dam because I'll uh, give me a moment to mull over whether I just I'm going to go for Unicorn and the Wasp as well. But Voyage yeah. of the Damned is um, well on on maybe sixth or seventh viewing is not good. It's not, um, which is a damn shame because um, Kylie Minogue is uh, great. Yeah, um, and and sexy and. Um, um, yeah, they they kind of work well together. Well, she's another classic case, just like Sally Sparrow um, mm. and you know Jenny, another one-off uh, companions who who would have been great as full-time companions. Yeah. Um, although, and don't get me wrong, Donna Donna's brilliant, but you know, it's a shame that um, that, that didn't we never got to see that. Um, but yeah. Isn't it because a lot of people consider Voyage of the Dam the best Christmas special ever? And I remember when it came out at the time, I loved it, everyone loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, and everyone thought it was brilliant. But now, when I'm watching it back, I think it's really quite crap, bro. Right. Um, I think I thought The Runaway Bride was, was, be- was better than, than oh, that. Oh, right, yeah, I just... um, and even though that had its um, that had its ups and downs, uh, yeah. But it's, no, see this. See this for me is this Voyage of the Dam. This is a, a, an ex- perfect, another great example of the Russell T Davis um, storyboard uh, method of creating uh, plots. In that he's just thought right. Um, Christmas. Christmas. The Titanic. Carly uh, Minogue. Um, Australian baddie in a wheelchair with a gold tooth. Um, mid, red, red midget with spikes on his head. Um, a cyborg. Yeah, we'll just put a um, couple of fat people. 
Um, yeah. Oh, um, but we're, Texans. Uh, we're we'll, Texans. But we'll do a rip off of the. So we'll set it on the Titanic in space, but it'll actually what the plot will actually be a rip off of the Poseidon adventure. Um, <laughs> and then at the we'll, and then you know oh what about the baddies? Oh, we'll have robots who are angels who can fly and who lift up David Tennant like like a god at one point like like so like much Jesus. religious symbolism. Um, I guess it's Christmas, but all right. Oh well, I'll, oh I'll, fuck it. Let's throw Richard from Keeping Up Appearances in there as well. Um, Oh, Mr. Copper. He's in Yoki Mark Appearances with um, Hyacinth Bouquet. Yeah, yeah. Richard! <laughs> Somebody's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, the Professor of Earth. Yeah. yeah the, of, uh, like, Earth history. Mrs. Bucket, it's Bouquet. <laughs> yeah, um, so, you know, Mr. Richard Bucket's in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that storyboard, uh, you know, really, really took a pounding because he took a lot of stuff off of it to go into this episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, it probably wasn't yeah. left with much for the whole series. It's just really, it's just really crap, actually. And and uh, you know, the the point for me where I was like, this this is this is cringe. This has gone from laughably bad to to making me cringe. Was when the Titanic flies over Buckingham Palace and you just see the Queen and she's like, where she goes, thank you, Doctor. Thank God stays. That's something of CBBC, you know. It is, yeah. It's very Sarah Jane cringe rather than um, rather than Doctor Who. And yeah, I feel I feel like uh, yeah, it's just awful. Oh, it's just so. (laughs) It just it's just you know, and what's with and the villain is some bloke in a mobility scooter with some ah and like trying to keep himself alive, you know, kind of like fucking. Just keeping himself alive by changing himself into a robot, and he's—he doesn't really have much. He doesn't have much, um, you know, goals other no. than profit. Uh, yeah, and yeah. The, like what, what the what's you know the captain as well. He just like he just shoots Russell Tovey and then and then just crashes the Titanic for what? Why? I can't remember why. Uh, because he was given a lot of money, um, and he's right. got like cancer. Right. And, uh, they gave his. They gave his. They gave his. Pe- uh, his family loads of money, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'll do it," because he's dying anyway. Do you see what I mean? It's just, but. It's... And uh, the thing about that, he sh- he, uh, he shoots the the first mate, and he's just fine. Yeah. He's like he keeps <laughs> he keeps going like. Oh. He he gets he got sh- he gets shot in the sternum, and I'm just like, dude, you wouldn't be able to be. Having rollicking adventures with Doctor, uh, the Doctor at the helm of the thing, yeah. and you're just like, whoa, like, are we gonna crash? Whoa, you'd yeah. be like there, bleeding it's the totally fuck out. Fine. Yeah, you'd be dead. Um, and then at the end of the episode, he's, he's just like holding, he's like holding the area, yeah, like he's been, you know, punched in the ribs yeah, or something, right? But he's been shot by a gun. I mean, in in Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> when Miss when Tim Roth gets shot in the stomach, he's like dying. He's just the like, whole film. He's like swearing his head off. He's like asking for his mum. Whereas Russell Tovey's like, um, you know, oh, oh bloody hell, that hurts. Yeah, um, I know, I know, I know. It's a kids show, but oh. don't have that. Like, don't you did? They don't even need that subplot. And this is another thing as well. It's like. Um, um, so the, the, the actual story, like the plot with them trying to make their way through the, the wreckage, that yeah. is 
that's a, that is a, a homage, if you will, yeah. of the Poseidon adventure. So it's got nothing to do with the Titanic. No. And also, the it's Titanic, mixed up. as we know, hit an iceberg. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't sabotage. It wasn't sabotage. It might have been... It might have been human error in that yeah. they, they were going too fast. Yeah. But it wasn't deliberate sabotage. So, it, so again, you know, you could have just had like a, maybe a meteorite hit it or yeah. a comet. Yeah. What's the point of having setting it on the Titanic if you're not even going to reference yeah. the, the, the disaster and you're going to, the actual plot is going to be from a different disaster film? Why didn't they call it the Poseidon? Yeah, literally. Yeah. They were going to do a Poseidon adventure with uh, uh, homage. Why didn't they call it the Poseidon? Oh, but because the people, you know, people don't know about the Poseidon adventure as much as they know about Titanic. So we'll just call it the Titanic. What's the most famous ship? The Titanic. Exactly. What what film are we basing it on? Not the Titanic. This is how, and this is how I. Th- this is what what I mean. He he just thinks, oh yeah, we'll just set it on the Titanic, but we won't actually rep- it won't have anything to do with the Titanic. Um, mental. It is mental, and yeah. it's it it's it's dumb. That it's not. That's not a good. That's not. That's one of my least favorite Christmas specials, actually. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry to say. I think yeah, I'd just the damn I'd say it's pretty much of the Russell T Davis era at the bottom. Well, actually, oh, mm, yeah, okay. Just just because of how how out of the blue, ridiculously and bollocks is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've just I've just thinking there's another there's there's another story that aired at Christmas which I I absolutely despise, but I'm not sure that Christmas counts special. as a Christmas special though. Um, so so yeah. Um, I already know what you meant as well. Uh, well, anyway. Um, sorry. So Kylie Minogue good. Kyle, Kyle, Everything else bad. Kylie Minogue's good. <laughs> um, I didn't mind uh, the the character of Mister Copper was was yeah right. actually, yeah yeah. Okay. Um, and he gets to live on Earth, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, everything else is just is dumb. It's just quite I right. hate it. Anyway, um, uh, continuing on the theme of negativity. Yeah. So, what's your least favorite episode, or what you think's the worst, Liam? So, I don't want to go for the same one. It's difficult, isn't it, with this series? I really struggled to pick. So, I was going to pick the 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 first one because of the fat, but. I know I'm gonna have to take the first one because it's got all the hallmarks of the first episode of the series, which um, unfortunately, obviously, Russell has written each one. Um, yeah, where there there isn't really any stakes for the main characters. Mm. Um, it's more about establishing, and also all of the monsters just being fat is like very on the nose and very dumb yeah <laughs> right right here here goes how do, how are they able i know this is trying to break down an alien and i shouldn't because it's a sci-fi show but why do they fucking wave <laughs> how does a how does a fucking bit of fat know how to, what to do well, he knows to wave goodbye that's that's literally the one thing I thought of I was just like this episode is so bad because the fat waves and the fat knows what waving is <laughs> there's here's the thing it's an alien it's the sci-fi show lots of ridiculous stuff happens in Doctor Who yeah <laughs> um, 
but yeah lots of stuff uh, lots of ridiculous stuff happens in Doctor Who stuff that I can overlook because you know you just have to otherwise you'd go mental yeah but why does the fat wait? I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's, it's another, um, it's another conundrum where I'm just like, I shouldn't really feel that strongly. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't get it. It's, it's not a good episode. No. I agree. Um, I feel like that episode and the unicorn and the wasp are really only ones that let it down a lot in terms of the series as a whole. Yeah. The positives about this um, episode is the um, dynamic of the reintroduction of Donna and the the mirroring of uh, her and the Doctor on the same mission. Yeah, I really like that. Like pre pre the fat. Yeah. It's it's, it's a, a it's good a, episode. It's enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And then it all uh, runs uh, downhill head first. Uh, so yeah, it's just. Oh, the, the it's, it is quite cringe. The the um, the alien of the week is fat uh, from people's bodies, and the fact that the 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 fact that the fat doesn't rip people act like apart, and like the the show is like extremely more bloody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just it just kind of like it just somehow is in you, and then somehow is out of you. Yeah, like it would just rip your skin out. Oh, yeah, it is a bit cringy. It's, it's a little bit like okay. It's a bit. It's very dumb. Oh, and what about the bit when? <laughs> what about the bit when when the villain is yeah. being lifted up in the air oh, by the beam? God. That's another. And then the beam disappears, and she does like a you Looney know like wily coyote like. Uh, 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 she hovers in the air for a second for comedic effect, and then looks down, and then looks back up at and them, then, and then. <sighs> it's literally like. I expect there to be like a, a an outline of her after as she, as she falls yeah. in the concrete. Yeah, you know where she's fallen all the way to yeah. the center of the earth. Or yeah, something. with like a puff of dust. <laughs> you just see Rover yeah. and go meep meep. Yeah, um, it's really like compare that right. Compare that episode to to any episode of like classic Who, and you'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, you, you know would. What I mean? like, you would. They wouldn't try that. They wouldn't have that shit in uh, you know. Classic Who. That's right. I mean, Classic Who might have had cardboard sets and you know aliens with 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 you know with literally with tin foil on on, on over their head as a as a as a you know. But they at least they sort of took things like um, <laughs> gravity and <laughs> physics at seriously. Took, at least they took physics seriously. Yeah. yeah um, that's and that's um, two things that are absolutely unforgivable in my eyes. You know, it's whereas like, yeah. uh, Unicorn and the Wasp. I was I'm, I can enjoy it because it's like a like obviously I've said it in every episode historicals as I get older I just enjoy yeah. them more yeah um, at least I can enjoy um, you know watching the character of Agatha Christie interact with the Doctor and Donna yeah um, and you know the other actors who were in that episode were actually like quite good uh, I was yeah. enjoying it great um, uh, and then you know with the unicorn and the wasp. Um, it's actually probably testament to how good the series is. The fact that having a wasp as an alien is the is really the only thing that ruins it. You know, if you change that... Yeah, I agree. Then it would have been a good episode. I agree. Could have been a good episode. And then you're like, yeah, that's the worst episode. 
So that's you're you're actually like that's yeah. actually how good the series is. Absolutely. The one small thing. Whereas, uh, you know, um, with this episode, um, other than uh, Doctor and Donna reuniting, and the the preamble of them getting back together. Yeah. Um, after that, it's a bit of a shit show. No, I think that's... I completely agree with you, and I think that's fair. I think the fact that I picked The Unicorn and the Wasp and you've picked Partners in Crime, yeah. I think that's, that balances it out because they... Uh, I, we, I li- we like them for the same reasons, but yeah. we also dis- dislike them for the same reasons. So I think they're sort of joint the worst, yeah. uh, but for different aspects. Um, ironically, both of those aspects are the monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Partners in Crime is it has its good bits. I mean, like you said, the chemistry between them is brilliant, and I really love. So the first half of that episode is 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 just great entertainment. Um, and then um, little blobs of waving smiley fat comes out of people's. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking, it's like, Key! oh god, like, yeah. Fuck I mean, <laughs> do, yeah, it doesn't really get much better with the with the pating or whatever it's called in series eleven. You know that little pating. You know that episode where it's, it's it's on the space station. There's that little sort of gremlin thing. They call it a pating. Oh, it's one of the worst episodes. Of, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, what was your favourite episode of the series right okay now again this might be a bit sort of left field or uh, a bit out there I'm a little bit oh a little bit a little bit bit, but um, my pick my favourite episode of this series um, is Midnight nice now first of all let me just say that I was absolutely shocked to my core Shocked, I tell you, to learn that this episode was written by Russell T. Davis. <laughs> because for me, Midnight is 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 a Moffat story in that it's really good, and it, this is my opinion, really good and really well written. And um, the fact that Russell T. Davis wrote it, I think, is shocking. But then you told me, interestingly, that apparently he wrote that. In, in very short amount of time. Was it three days or something? A couple of days. They needed a Doctor Who, uh, a Doctor, uh, sorry, a companion light episode because Donna was filming Turn, um, left. turn left. I mean, uh, Kathy's tape. So this was a, this was this was a last minute filler episode, and that just goes to show that I think that if he doesn't have that stupid storyboard, <laughs> if he's just sat in, like, I mean, he, had, he took a few office, bits. Um, planet. Yeah. The, the, well. On don't, a on a airline. Don't get me wrong. Truck. There are there are some noticeable uh, Russell Russellisms, isn't. such as the the mute the there's they, oh, the song sake, yeah. and playing uh, Betty Boop cartoons and stuff. Um, and obviously there's a there's a there's an appearance by Rose, of course. But apart from all that shit, um, I think this episode is absolutely fantastic. I love. Um, it's sort of a base under siege episode, oh, yeah. but it's 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 on a carriage. Mm. Um, I just think it's brilliant, and I, 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 the, every time I watch it, I'm, I, I'm more and more impressed. I think it's claustrophobic. You you don't really know what the threat is. You don't see the alien. Yeah. It's all in the performance. I think her name's Leslie Sharp. Um, 
also the uh, episode was directed by um, Alice Troutman so um, the second really? Doctor's daughter yeah yeah because the professor in that is Pat isn't he Patrick Troutman's son the guy who plays um, the, the 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 diamond the midnight the professor oh the professor yeah, professor, yeah. well there you go you see so it's 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 got the Troughton family. It's, it's enveloped in Doctor Who. Um, it's just such a great script, such a great story, and and there's so yeah, much Leslie, about Leslie it um, that I yeah, she's brilliant. That that is proof that you don't need a giant wasp, you don't need a CGI scorpion or a a a, 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 a big you know a soldier with a rhino for a head. You just need fantastic actors. I mean, she's so creepy in that episode, and and you know and just. I mean, I can't. I can only imagine the amount of rehearsal her and David Tennant had to have had to get that. You know, the sinking and the talking and oh yeah. And stuff. I mean, there's ways you could do it um, through you know editing and recording, but I feel like a lot of it, especially the early on shots, they they're done. Um, they're done extremely well, aren't they? Where, yeah, like you said, it must have taken. A ton of coordination. Well, it does. Believe me, I've, I've it, you know, it, when you face when they're like they're face to face, the the timing's got to be spot on. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, it's just brilliant. I, I I love the sort of um, I love the conflict that all that all the characters have. You know, they're sort of the the moral. It's it's very much a, a morality story. You know, it's like. Because they're debating much, do we throw her off the carriage, you know, and the doctors try and stop them, and then they turn on him, mm. and it's just it's great, and and oh, just everything I love, and then, and then when the the, the character of the um the the hostess, um she sac you know she sacrifices herself and throws herself out of the when she the was carriage. one of the first ones who was. Um... You know, saying she was leading the get, charge yeah. for 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 chucking off the. And you know, and then and then afterwards, I really love that moment as well. Where and they don't, and this doesn't happen a lot in Doctor Who or in Rusty Davis era. I love it when they they just sat there in the carriage and they're in silence mm. and they're just waiting to be rescued and they're all sort of like and the Doctor just says, "Does anyone know what the hostess's name was?" And everyone just sort of no one answers because they don't know. Right. And it's just like, oh wow. Um, I think it's a it's a good, um, quite obvious but good. Um, it had very much a few undertones, political undertones, obviously for Russell writing it. It's going to have a bit of an underlying message, but <clears throat> I think it was it was it was good. I think it was, you know, uh, surface level, really entertaining. Mm. But then, obviously, when you get to those moments uh, at the end, you know, because um, the stewardess is, you know, sacrificed her own life, and the people who she sacrificed for don't even know anything about her. Yeah, is a very is a very poignant message. Yeah, um, there were a few others, um, but it's it's a great episode for just purely entertainment wise. Yeah, and also one that's actually got something else to it. Yeah, um, which I know we'll we'll get to the later uh, Doctor Who's, but it's um, it's actually just really on point. Yeah, it's it's a great episode, and one that I had completely forgotten about. 
um, because I don't think I've been back to series four probably since I watched it. You know, I don't, uh, Do you know what? I, I think a lot. I think a lot of people don't remember yeah. it when they think of series four. I think because series four is so iconic and it's got so many standout episodes. I think people do forget about Midnight. Plus, it happens right before the three-part finale. Yeah. Um, which gets a lot more obviously eyeballs. Yeah. It gets a lot more recognition. But yeah, Midnight is is a great episode. Yeah, I, I, I just and that's uh, gone for your favourite it's my favourite I mean it, it's not without its faults it's not a perfect episode but um, I just it, it's just it, do you know it reminded me a bit it kind of reminded me a bit of Heaven Sent in the way that it's just the Doctor mm. on his own yeah um, in, in a very claustrophobic environment having to use his wits and his his intelligence to, to you know and and to, or, and how to reason with people yeah rather than you know explosions and sonicking and spaceships and there's no tardis uh, you know there's there's no companion he's got no backup mm. and he's very much against it in this episode oh yeah and i like that he's about to get thrown out of an airlock there's real you know and there is a moment where um you know he is when he's sort of being possessed or whatever yeah. by the alien through Leslie Sharp, um, you know, if if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for um, the hostess making that sacrifice, they would have thrown him out. I mean, literally, he's yeah. really very much. He's using in all of his will to literally cling on by his foot. Yeah, like yeah. to to cling on to the the seat as they're dragging him. Yeah, uh, to to his death. Basically, I, yeah. I just I love that. It's know, great th- drama, isn't it? It, yeah. it is great drama, which we've said. Each and every time, it's the one with the best drama. Yeah. Is, you know, it exactly. can be so low-key. Exactly. But the ones with the best drama and the best episodes. Exactly. Um, so, you know, and I, 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 you know, I have to admit, it pains me, but I have to admit, I, I, I really take my hat off to Russell. I think, this, <laughs> I think this is his best... This is my opinion. I know a lot of people probably won't agree, but... I think this is his best episode that he's ever written. Um, uh, I concur. Uh, you know, it's it not, might not necessarily be as good as as um, like the part of the ways, or um, which I think is really good. Um, but in terms of the quality of the writing, the script itself, um, I think it's his best work. You know, it's it's his Moffat episode. <laughs> So, so what's your favourite then? My favourite episode is The Fires of Pompeii. Oh! Now... Right. Well, I feel like it's only enhanced by its connotation to what happens afterwards. Which are... But, which, we dis- which we discussed. Yeah, but as a, as a singular episode, it's got everything that you would want from a Doctor Who episode. Mm. Feel like it's one of those ones where you could you could break in a new fan of Doctor Who with. Um, Excellent thinking. Because it's uh, a good historical. Um, it's got good acting, good uh, good dynamic 
between the Doctor and the Companion because this is only the second episode of the series mm. um, which is usually used to kind of um, expand the relationship um, more so than having a really important story mm. <clears throat> but with this one yeah it's got it's got everything that you could want to show someone who is uh, new to Doctor Who um, the monster is a little bit towards the end is a little bit um, getting in the realm of schlocky with the giant um, soldier volcanic thing yeah the the, 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 the rock monster thing mm-hmm. is a little bit silly but I, I really like I like the the the, um, the sorceresses yeah made out of stone yeah I like that oh yeah they're good villains. they're, they're good, good monsters, uh, monsters. yeah um, and you know it's just it's a very personal story for the for the family but then it's also revealing what the doctor is like when he goes on these adventures yeah you know and it's never more so um touched upon than this episode i agree do you know what i mean like the amount of times since the the reboot um since the start of the to the new who uh the amount of times like the doctor and the companion have gone somewhere it's gone absolutely tits up and then they've just fucked off yeah and like not not once really did um, Rose go, you know maybe you should maybe you should help all maybe these you people. Should actually change something about yeah. the situation. Um, and then never did um, you know Martha go. Uh, you can't leave. I'm not going to let you. Yeah. You should stay and help these people because they were because they were so because they were in love with him. They would just go along with it. They they do they they do everything he says. Whereas second episode in, Donna's like, no. She's she just says no. Yeah. Yes. To the doctor. Yes. Which is also a good thing. The tenth doctor needs that. Yeah. Because he, Every doctor he is a psycho. Yeah. And this, like you More said, so this episode really sh- shows that. Yeah. You know, um, with with the whole with him, he's being very sort of stubborn and arrogant and cold and and you know. Yeah saying no I'm going to leave and I, I can't do anything but yeah the characters in the episode are really good obviously Peter Capaldi oh, he was brilliant in it like he's brilliant in everything he's uh, it's when it gets me when he is you know he knows that him and his family are going to die um, and then you know his face when the, the doctor comes back and saves them yeah not quite sure about the Religious symbolism. Oh, when he steps the, out of the TARDIS in the, the bright white light. Oh my god, that's so crude. But um, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Like that's, it's his way. Is I can't change it. But um, yeah, it's just his reaction and then his his acting in it and um, yeah, you know, um, the episode is it's just a, an all round great story, start to finish. Fifty minute episode. Don't need any extras. You're right. It's 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 a it's a, it's a solid historical it and like you said it blends all the elements perfectly this is where i think the unicorn and the wasp failed in in the um it, it had a historical setting and it had a, an alien threat which but then it ruined it with a silly monster whereas in this you've got a historical setting alien threat and actually the monsters kind of they kind of make sense they're soothsayers and yeah. they turn into stone and rock because 
it's all linked to the volcano and yeah. stuff and um very good um yeah uh yeah the uh, you know phil davis in it as lucius was he was really good as the yeah he's he was a, he's always a good baddie he's he a very good baddie you can always guarantee yeah, it's, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's got a such a he's got such a he's got such a a, a snare he's got such yeah. a um, he's got such a yeah he? he's very snarling snarling I love it. yeah um, but he was really good, um, but never overshadowed by uh, Capaldi's uh, kind of, you know, the secondary main character yes. uh, that you can have in these uh, historicals. But yeah, that's uh, that's definitely my favourite. Um, and then, like I said, only sprinkled on top by what that means for future who. Yeah, my only, my my only, uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I think the way that. Um, uh, the fact that Moffat acknowledged it and referenced it, um, and explained it, I I was really grateful that he did that because yeah. he could have just ignored it. Oh yeah. But the only thing that I and it, I I admit it may have been too too complicated to to execute. But what I really would have loved to is because someone had a theory. This was before Moffat. This before I think series eight or nine when he explains it. Yeah. Someone had a theory that this was this was the twelfth Doctor. And he was hiding as a human, just like the Tenth Doctor does in Series Three, mm. um, and that's why they 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 have this special connection, mm. and that's why the Tenth Doctor saves, saves him because he was un he, 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 subconsciously. I can't remember what I said. Saving his future self at, at the end of the episode, where he's like uh, where he gets saved, and instead of the fog watch, he has like a, a fold out sundial. Yeah, something Roman. So, so I mean, but obviously, I didn't realise that would have been complicated. Like the like the fact that he has a family. Where oh, yeah, yeah. where was where's Clara? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you could, you could. I mean, you and it would have been so good if, if they'd filmed that again, but from from the twelfth Doctor's point of view. Oh, that would be so cool. Um, and they, you know, they could have just they could have didn't necessarily need wouldn't have had to have got um David and Catherine back. They could have just used shots. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, do you know what unused I mean? shots, stuff, different angles. Yeah, mirror it. Yeah, and the, loads of tricks. Sort of standings, if you see them from oh, behind. Yeah. They just do standings. Front shot from behind, but it's just the same clothes. Yeah, do you know what I mean, like, but, you can um, tell it's not the actor. But anyway, um, because you could have done a whole episode like explaining what Clara's doing and, and her involvement in that story, but with, with or this, but why we never saw it. It would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Mm. But I'm okay that they didn't. I understand why I didn't, and yeah. I just I really like that it gets referenced and and um, yeah, you're right. Fires of Pompeii is great. I don't know anyone who doesn't like that story. Mm. Um, now, in terms of the best story mm. of series four, yes. Why don't we do another countdown? Because I've got a funny feeling <laughs> that this that this might be the same. All right, so we'll, okay. we'll do. I'll do, I'll do three, two, one, and then we say it at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Silence in the library. library. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to be anything else, was it, really? Um, uh, it's definitely a high point in Numa Who. The highest. So, how could we have it as anything else but the best? Um, the introduction of River Soul, a now very important character. Um, for with, better or for worse. With with uh, so much, uh, you know, so much opportunity, so much potential, 
um, from what from what they uh, yes. from what they set up in this episode. Well, let's not dwell on the, the, that the, because let's not dwell on the past slash future yeah, slash present slash <laughs> side <laughs> slash whatever. Yeah, let's uh, focus on the introduction from this episode. In this story, River is great. Yeah, oh, yes. I really like her. Yeah, um, Alex Kingston is is amazing. She isn't irritating. I, I really like her character. Mysterious. Like Clara. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Um, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but well, like Clara, she starts off as interesting and potentially really good, and then mm. just progressively gets fucking more convoluted. Let's put it that way. Oh. In this episode, it's it feels important. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, so obviously it's a two part. Uh, science in the library and uh, I want to say is it Forest of the Dead? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you know the thing about these two parties is I always only ever refer to them as the first, as the first episode, and and I just think of it as like um, the Empty Child part mm. one and part yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. Um, you know, this one's just Science in the Library part, and Science in the Library. Part yeah, two. it's just uh, yeah. But anyway. But yeah, uh, so it feels when she comes into it. Obviously, it's nothing um, is kind of let on straight away. But the more time that she spends with the Doctor, the more that she drops little hints, the more you're actually like, this might be an important character to Doctor Who as a whole, let alone just this story. Mm. And I, I think I remember when I watched it the first time, I think I had to watch it again because I was I was thinking, I don't, I don't think this was like a one-off Obviously, they set it up not to be a one-off. But I felt like you'd probably see River Song a lot yeah. afterwards. And I was intrigued. And, you know, only you can only really take your hat off to Stephen Moffat and um, Alex Kingston for kind of getting that across. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the, the villain in this episode was supposed to be the Weeping Angels. Was it? I didn't know that. But they took, because this is a, um, this is a, this is a script that um, I think Moffat had for series three. Um, right. Whether that included River Song or not at this at this point, I don't know. But um, they needed a villain for series three. He already had this script, so he just took them out. And put them into into this. Uh, sorry, he took them out and put them into uh, don't blink or blink. Um, <laughs> don't blink or do. <laughs> That's um, not good instruction. It hasn't been a while. It's been a while since you since you <laughs> since you mis mis uh, misquoted a, a title. I've, I've missed it. Don't blink. No, it's just blink. <laughs> don't blink or blink. <laughs> don't blink or, or blink, but, but but just run for a second and then maybe also brilliant. But um, yeah, so the Weeping Angels were supposed to be in this story, and um, for them for him then to just um, do such a moffat, which we've discussed again. So moffaty. Whatever you're scared of as a kid, or whatever he was scared of as a kid, he's just like I'm just going to write a villain based on that. It's so, and it's just like it's what's so good. What's the what is the villain? 
shadows, darkness. Don't you don't even see them. Yeah. It's it's like with like and they can night. kill you instantly. It's just brilliant. Yeah. You know it's it's so they're, they're so brilliant and yeah I mean oh god the, again the you know I know that I'm, I'm this whole podcast we 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 proper kiss Moffitt's ass but <laughs> it's because his scripts are so good his stories are so good you know I, I when we watch this um, more so part one um, science and library but I was just I was I was I was aghast. Um, or aghast um, at how good it is and uh, the scene that really stuck out for me was the death of Miss Evangeli because yeah. you don't often get that in Doctor Who where you have a very minor one-off supporting character who gets such a well-written and you know drawn becomes out becomes quite important as well yeah and her, her death scene was heartbreaking and I felt myself welling up a bit um, because it's um it's very easy to write in her character to be the red coat of the episode. Yeah. The red coat being the person who dies to elevate threat. Yeah. So um, for it then to become a very important her character in the second episode, um, but also quite a... Um, because of the mechanics of um, what happens immediately after, they have those uh, neuro, neural relays. Yeah. Where, you know, the last thoughts that are going through their brain are stored yeah. as like electrical energy and, you know, then propelled through a, a voice box. It's kind of like, it's, it's very dark if you think about it, but also um, can, can create quite a lot of intense... Uh, feeling in the scene, can't it? Where yeah. it's just like the 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 villain or the the monster is in the room, and like it's killed this person, but this yeah. person is still able to to just about live on for x amount of yeah. minutes. Could be I don't think they specify how long, but yeah, it's just um, it's it's a very interesting dynamic in this episode. And like you said, for her character to 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 feel like a bit of a um, an afterthought, like just to, to kill someone off to show the mm. the threat, which can happen in Doctor Who a lot, um, happens a lot in the last few series anyway. But yeah, she she has an interesting secondary role in the story. I think that's yeah, it's very good part of this part of the episode. Among many, many other <coughs> things that are about this that are great, um, you know, as as you've mentioned, um, River Song, her 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 character is written beautifully. Oh. The supporting cast are, are, are written really well. Like Miss Evangeline, her death, um, uh, you know, obviously the the whole um, subplot with Donna, which I'm sure oh. I'm sure we'll get onto. Um, the villain, amazing. Um, so for the for the episode, <clears throat> for the episode, I think it could have been easy enough to just write the story of them in the library. Mm. But it starts off with the 
the little girl and Doctor Moo. Yeah. Which is such a, which is such an out there subplot. Yeah. That at at, at the time of rewatching, I was just like, I don't really remember this. Yeah. Part of it because of how important the, the kind of the the real life, uh, quote unquote, part of the story where the Doctor and Donna and, you know, all of the yeah. stuff's happening. That you're you're just. Yeah, I kind of blanked it out. I just couldn't remember where it was going. And it's still such a good premise. Mm. You could have had that as an episode. Yeah. You know, you could have had them as separate episodes. Yeah, But to to, to do them together. um, So, you know, you have this small child who is having visions of um, what's happening in, again, quote, unquote, real life, what's happening with the Doctor and Donna. When they're in the library, and she's always kind of accompanied by um, by this by this doctor, Doctor Moon, which is obviously such a a hint at something in terms of the name. But uh, it's uh, it's a subplot where she can see what's going on uh, in in real life, and you, it's it's an intriguing opener. You know, I've said quite a few times that the the opening stings of the last few series have been absolutely, absolutely terrible at times. Yeah. Especially compared to, um, uh, I'm watching Torchwood at the moment. And their ones are really good, mm-hmm. <laughs> like pretty much all the time. Um, uh, so Colin Salmon, who plays Doctor Moon, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Like he's quality and whatever whatever you see him in. Yeah, and he's got a recognisable face as well. Been in lots of movies. And uh, he plays his role well as someone who you pointed out, you don't know his intentions That's right. immediately. You're not sure if he's... if He could be the villain. If he, yeah, if he, if he means well or yeah. he means harm. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's just this subplot of, like, this secondary... Because it's kind of set in... Like our present time, isn't it? Mm. Which I feel was kind of a little bit of it, but um, but you might be, you know, it gets you thinking. Like, is is them in the library real, or is it in this other story which is happening in our like real present time? Gets you gets you thinking about the story, and it gets it gets you asking so many more questions than. A usual Doctor Who episode, I think. Mm. Um, let alone, you know, what's happening with River Song and the the Vashta Narada and the, uh, the the ship that's come and like, how are they going to be able to escape? You're like, oh, you've got all of this other stuff to think about, which is just so good and uh, really refreshing as well. Um, yeah, it's a great episode. Like, it's. And it's so well connected the the the, um, the the subplot in the end. I mean, it's it's kind of reminiscent of the girl in the fireplace. Mm. The way that that he he connects the this uh, spaceship um, in the future with you know Renaissance France. Yeah. Um, the way that these this sort of modern day subplot featuring um, this little this girl, girl yeah. and Donna and Doctor Moon mm. um, and what's happening. In the library in the future. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So it's connected 
pretty much spot on. Yeah, and again, with you know, not only is Moffat um, able to seamlessly uh, weave multiple storylines into one coherent plot, but he also um, he can also write stories that have multiple genres going on at the same time, which is very his episodes, particularly in the Russell Davis era. They they they're like they're sci-fi, but they're also horror, but they're also historicals, yeah. <laughs> but they're also rom- romances, you know. Yeah. And they it's just seamlessly blends all these genres together. Um, I think this is the real next step, next evolution of Moffat coming kind of coming into his own writing really good unique Doctor Who this is just the next step from Blink yeah you know it it feels like if he took his you know pre uh, program runner kind of stories yeah there is a bit of an evolution to them and they get more Intricate, yeah. More detailed, yeah. As they go, I agree. They get and they start off a very high point. They get, yeah. They get slight, ever so slightly more complicated, yeah. Uh, in a good way. Oh yeah. In a in, in a way that you're not you're not intellectual. Put, yeah, you're not put off by it because it's not. No. You know, it's, it's exciting because yeah. if you take um you take the empty child, the girl in the fireplace, blink, and science in the library, uh. And if you if you if you base if you base where Doctor Who's gonna gonna go in the future on those stories, which was what was happening at the time, it's very exciting. Mm. You think, wow, if if this guy can write stories like those four, imagine what Doctor Who's gonna be like in the future mm. when he's running the whole show. He's a coming, um, and in my opinion, that happened because, well, it. We'll get there. It, I mean, yeah, but if if at this point in time, let's go. Let's imagine it's two thousand eight, and you. It's just been announced that that Stephen Moffat's taken over as the showrunner Doctor Who, and you're thinking he's written. He's written these those the four best stories of the of of the whole era so far. I mean, my ones um, now looking back at it have pretty much just been Moffat's. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> so. I think mine. I think mine were as well. I think I I think I said that I thought Human Nature was the best story of series three, but Blink was my favourite, mm. or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember, but yeah, man. I mean, so. th- but this story's great. Honestly, I peak Doctor. It, it, I, I mean, the series four is peak Russell T Davis era, mm. and this story is uh, the, the the peak of this series, I think. And it, as you said, Moffat's stories just get better and better and better, mm. and um, this one is just brilliant. Um, you know, it's got again, it's got that sort of classic. Uh, it's got. I, I like the. I like as well. No noticeable thing about the endings of. Moffat stories, uh, maybe not so much to go in the fireplace, but his stories generally, you think they're going to end 
they've got a sad ending, but then he'll it, it there'll be an, there'll be an additional twist, and it will have a happy ending, mm. which I like. Um, so yeah, um, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And like you said, the way he sets up the whole River Song arc in this episode. It's such a genius but simple thing to say, yeah. isn't it? Like, one person is travelling one way in time and then the other is just travelling the other. Yeah. I know it gets... Uh, you, let's not get into that. No. But it gets it gets a little bit um, wibbly-wobbly. but Ugh, Very wibbly-wobbly. It, it, it is such a great idea to start off with. Yeah. And... Yeah, I feel like if I tip, if I just dip my toe into the next real series, I think it starts off on a good foot of like they they're going separate ways. Yeah, but but it the, does. you know, there's there's still such a good dynamic. Yeah, and I'm just gonna leave it there. For it's that. genius. I mean, another <laughs> thing I remember is that I've forgotten about is in in Santa Library when she's like, right, let's do diaries. Yeah. Um. And she's like, right, uh, the crash of the Byzantium. Have we done that yet? And when you first watch this episode, you're like, what? But yeah. then, lo and behold, series five, we see the crash of the Byzantium. We see that story. And then she says, oh, well, okay, we haven't done that yet. What about the singing towers of, you know, Reedy, whatever? Um, I can't remember the planet. Hmm. Uh, and you think, again, you think, what the fuck? And then what happens? In, what is it, like the Christmas special, oh, yeah, Husband's yeah. River Song? yeah. yeah. Again, we see that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We're talking about things that he hasn't even written yet. Spo- spoilers, not spoilers. Yeah. yeah. And he he's dropping hints of future stories that we that, he, that we haven't even seen. He probably hadn't even written out yet. He just he probably he did a better Russell T Davis and he did he wrote the the the, the ideas like the the kind of semi concrete ideas yeah. on a post it note them on the, and then just the took one off. And then was like, oh, I, I need to follow up on that. Yeah. I'm going to write a story about it. Yeah, it's not Rhino Heads, Out, out yeah. on the Moon, yeah. uh, Hospital on the Moon. Yeah. It's not all that bullshit. It, it's literally just, yes. it's just the, what happens or somewhere. Yeah. You know, what happens or somewhere that's got mentioned, that was an interesting thought. Let's just flesh that out. Yeah. It's not take, take things off the board. It's yeah. put things on the board yeah. for later. That's and that's yeah. the, that's probably the key difference between Russell and yeah. uh, Stephen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the episode is pretty pretty flawless. I'm trying to think of something that's wrong with it. I mean, the the um, I'm just gonna let this please go a bit more. Oh, what did I say? I must have said something on PC. <laughs> Here they come again. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the turning head things. I, I'm not quite sure if that really is a great yeah, idea. Yeah, the sort of robots with human faces. I do like the idea of when the way that he um, obviously words the, um, the 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 twist where um, the whole episode they're saying you know four thousand people saved. Oh, brilliant! Zero people in the library. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then obviously the realization—that's a Moffat thing, where it's just like, um, yeah, that's a very Moffat thing, isn't it? Where he's just like, it's not safe; it's saved, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> we weren't listening properly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like 
He's just like, I've written it down for you. I said it, it from the start, yeah, Gumbos. It, it's it's in plain sight. Yeah. You just can't you just can't listen properly. And that's a very Moffat thing to do. But I liked I like that idea. Because it's all very simple, like old they they get downloaded to a well, there's a giant the the planet's core is a giant hard drive. Yeah. So it, it's it makes logical sense that if someone if everyone was in danger of it, their their bodies would just get downloaded to the biggest hard drive in the yeah. universe. But but like the the spinning heads, morphing into people you know or like um, just morphing into people that have been saved. I was a little bit like yeah I don't know I don't know about that. It would just be a robot. Yeah. I feel. But that is that is the. The the tiniest, tiniest nitpick, yeah, like I could ev- I could think of for this episode, and I, I had to pick one. You know, some some of the lines as well. I I've just remembered that there was one really sort of throwaway, unimportant bit of dialogue, and I remember turning to you and being like, "Ah, oh. I think it was um, uh, was it Miss Evangeline was describing something as like dust floating in a beam of like oh um the doctor he d- he tells you what the Vashna and Narada are and then he's just like they're everywhere and then Don is just like well they're not on earth and he's like yeah like in the shadows and then he's just like uh, dust particles in in a beam of light what yeah. do you think they are and then he's yeah and, and it's such a throwaway line but I just thought that you know just to, to, to have the the imagination and the creativity to just have something so simple to write that into yeah. into your script. I mean, yeah. he did it with you know, oh, he did it with the shadows. Um, you know, he was just like, oh, that's something scary. But what are they? Are oh, they aliens? It's, and if you get the wrong yeah. shadow, you're dead. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you know what I imagine with Moffat? Now I'm getting a bit like gushy, like a gushy here. I am. I'm getting a bit like I'm. I'm, I'm probably gay for him. Um, we'll we'll rein it in, but we've got about five what, more series. What, what what I imagine is I imagine him, um, I imagine he has like an office and he's sat at his desk and he's looking out the window and he's he's got a view of like a garden and he's got statues in the garden mm-hmm. and he's obviously and he has got like he's got loads of, of of books in his in his office. So and I just and and, and a fireplace. Yeah. And, uh, so it's got all these visual cues and he sat there with his computer and, and, he, and he, he develops these ideas just by observing things around him our statues they're kind of scary our library you know um, particles of dust in, in a beam of light probably shining through his office window yeah. and you know he's got um, you know he's got a fireplace in there and uh, you know and, and maybe he's got maybe he's, he's got books on you know, Renaissance France, uh, 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 Madame de Pompadour or whatever, you know, maybe he's got a little Spitfire model on his desk. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, and he takes all these, these elements and, 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 you know, and he probably sat there on a computer and hence that's where all the idea for saving people to a hard drive, it's like a computer and Ooh. stuff. He's probably literally saving the script for this story. I it's just, just think, like, when, he's just like, I need something somewhere for yeah. these people to be. On a hard drive, and it's genius. I just think, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just speculating here, but that's how I like to imagine yeah. he creates things. Whereas, obviously, we, with Russell, he just sort of he's probably just watching telly one day. He's oh, Telly Tubbies, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll write that, write that down, post it note, stick it on the board. Next, turns over the channel. It's you know, Abba. it's it's oh yeah, they'd be playing Scissor Sisters. A, and it's it's it, Abba. Oh yeah, they'd be playing in a fucking yeah. uh, truck. 
uh, yeah. like plane carriage yeah, going oh. across a, a diamond planet yeah, in a oh. five billion years time. How 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 can I resolve this 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 really big uh, world crisis sort of level event? Um, Reverse oh, the polarity. Prayer. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Either that love or reverse the polarity. In case um, or a button. In case you hadn't, in case you couldn't tell, listeners, um, we we we're big Stephen Moffat fans. I thought I just, <laughs> I thought I just clarify that because I, you probably haven't guessed that at this point. Any um, any honourable mentions for series four? Oh yeah, honourable mentions. Now honourable mentions. I forgot about those. Um, so I'll go with um... Oh, it's a difficult one. I'm gonna it? go with the the Soltaran stratagem. Wow. Uh, reason being is because I quite like the the Soltarans. Yeah. Um, they only get an honourable mention because uh... Soltar. The uh, the whole the whole story. Uh, the two-parter in this series um, kind of falters a little bit. I just, I just, yeah, I just like the Soltarans as uh, as um, a Doctor Who villain, mm. and their reintroduction into New Who, um, I think, was quite good. the The whole poisoning of the world and stuff like that is kind of up and down. Um, you know, they're making a clone planet for the. Because they clone themselves, they don't reproduce. Uh, kind of, kind of interesting. Um, not really executed as well as it could have. But yeah, I, do, I like, I liked the, I like the story elements of uh, the two part so yeah. much so that it gets an honourable mention. Okay, um, that's interesting. You don't like it. I don't, I don't <laughs> dislike it. I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's, it's good enough. To be get an honourable mention, but I do. You're right. Um, I do. I like the Santarans. Maybe just take them out of the story. I like the honourable mention goes to the Santarans. I like that Martha's comes back. Yeah. Um, again, I I, I I like that. Um, I like that her and Donna instantly just get, get along. On. There's no jealousy like with Rose. Like, oh, who's this other woman? Which is literally a quote from the finale. That you just said that. Oh god, she does say that as well. When she's looking at the she's laptop of the subway network, she's like, oh, "Who's that then? Who's that then?" Um, Hold on, I was yeah. there first. How do you know that? You and a that's very inaccurate. Well, she well <laughs> she, she she's not she wasn't no exactly because she's met Sarah Jane. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's lying. Anyway, um, and she knows the Doctor can regenerate because she she witnessed it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, that's a whole other. Um, <sighs> thing because uh, anyway um yeah that that's a whole other can of worms because i've got companions who who witness a regeneration they should more than any more than other companions they should be the most knowledgeable and, and open to the fact that the doctor a can change and b has lived for hundreds of years and has yeah. had companions if you've witnessed a regeneration you you become a different level of companion because you have had that privilege yeah and you've traveled with two separate doctors and witnessed him him be different people being reborn dying and being reborn so you have a responsibility as as one as as rose has a special privilege in she's in a very select group of companions who've witnessed the regeneration and 
anyway. But she's not the worst one for that. We'll, we'll get onto that. Um, but um, yeah, um, yeah, no, I just yeah, you're right. Martha's good in it, and again, I really like the way at the end, um, uh, Donna's like, "Oh, come with us, come with us." And she's like, "No, I, I chose. I'm gonna yeah. walk away. I chose not to." Um, I, I, you know, again, respect to to Martha. Um, yeah, it, yeah, uh, units in it. Yeah. It does feel very much like a unit story as well, especially if you've seen some of the old John Pertwee stories. It's because it's like Earthbound. Yeah, unit plays such a big part in it. Um, so it does. It 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 has a third Doctor feel to it. That story. Um, yeah. Um, oh, honourable mention. Uh, it's difficult because it's such a solid series, oh. you know. Um, yeah, okay, all right. Um, I'm going to give my honourable mention to The Doctor's Daughter. Cool. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, me too. On um, a rewatch. Yeah, on a rewatch, yeah. I, I think when I first saw it, I didn't think it was... I thought it was all right. Mm. But, it, you know, um, and it... it Believe me, it's not perfect. Um, again, it's mm. got it's got it's got stupid monsters. I mean, so this time, listeners, the monsters are um, again they're they're they basically just soldiers in suits, but then they've got a fish head, um, and the way they explain how the fish can breathe, even though they're aliens, is that they have like a tank attached to their face with water in it. <laughs> Such a muscle, is it? Anyway. Um, so that's done, but um, there's a lot I like about it. I like that, that they, I, I like that they land. The, 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 there's two warring factions: the humans and the fish. Gosh, I'm so stupid sound. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I, I like the fact that Martha comes along for this. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, which makes her an official companion in series four. Yep. Because as we've established if you if you go from one to the if other you're on two, three if the you're in two separate stories yeah. um yeah and, and also i think surprisingly considering that considering the doctor's essentially got three companions in this story he's got donna martha and jenny mm. they they don't feel like like in current doctor who with the fam where it's like they it's just they're they just stand around doing nothing that's just so pointless them being there in this episode they all play i think quite a vital role mm. like donna's like working out the dates you know all that them down yeah. yeah and martha has this whole subplot with with the fish she gets calf and having to work her way back and and um and the doctor coming to terms with having a daughter yeah or not in his own mind and that now that that i'm a bit on the fence about because and they do kind of address that in this episode, which I appreciate. But yeah, the doctor having a daughter kind of complicates things and raises a lot of questions. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't really the way they the way they just sort of grab him at the start and just sort of I don't know, prick him and then and they then shove his arm in a thing thing and then and then Jenny sort of steps out of a fridge and she's yeah. like, "Hello, Dad." And I'm just that's like, a little bit cringe. That is that's cringe, and the, the, with the gun, and then cocks the gun. You know, again, I, it, it it very much feels like, oh, we should write an episode where the Doctor's got a daughter. How funny would that be? 
how can we do that and but make it happen really in the pre-credit sequence so that seems a bit rushed but and the questions it raises like you know when i really like that scene where he has a conversation with donna um, and he says um Donna's going on about she's like teasing him oh so what's it like dad and he's like I've, I've been a dad before Donna yeah had a family yeah I'm like thank you finally yeah this has been brought up you know classic who has, has been acknowledged yeah. in the canon because it's true I mean he's 900 years old when when we first met the doctor he had a granddaughter which obviously meant that he I don't know how exactly how Time Lord families work but presumably he had to reproduce <laughs> he, he presumably he had a, a wife or it's, a husband it's not that or kind, it's not that kind of podcast I don't think we need to get into the biology but the point is if he had a granddaughter yeah. then presumably he had a daughter a daughter or a or son, son. Yeah. so yeah um, I like that and um, I like I, I quite like uh, I like the I, I, I really like the twist where Donna works out that they've only, they've only actually been at war for a Seven week. Days, yeah. and they were That's a really good twist, I think. Yeah, and the way she works it out with the counting down mm. of the numbers yeah. is really quite clever, actually. Um, so clearly, this can't have been written by Rusty Davis. Um, <laughs> uh, and I quite like the end. I think the end, I, I quite like the... I like they the, the they the, you know the two sort of armies if you will they they finally confront each other but then the doctor sort of talks them out of um, killing each other and re- he releases that energy whatever it is yeah it um, uh, terraforms the planet so they can both live there yeah sort of total recall a bit yeah, isn't yeah, it right. um, and the general I like that whole sort of thing with the general where he like he can't. He, 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 you know, he, he, he can't, he can't yeah. put down his gun, you know. He can't, uh, he's so institutionalised by war, so. Um, but then, yeah, the ending's a bit, you know, like, I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about the ending, because if Jenny, so, right, so first of all, Jenny's a time lady. We know this because. Two hearts. They, they specifically say she's got two hearts. So she's a time lady. Time ladies or lords can regenerate. Mm. So when she gets killed at the end, it doesn't make sense that she she comes back to life as Jenny. Yeah, she should have. That's what I was thinking. Regenerated yeah. into a completely different person. Yeah. But then, then I thought, okay, well maybe this is when I saw it at the time. I thought, oh well, maybe maybe the the reason that they didn't have her regenerate is because they they were gonna. They were going to have potential um, spin-off adventures with yeah. Georgia Moffat, um, but we never hear or see Jenny again. Maybe in Big Finish, I don't know, but it's just like, well, okay, well, if 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 that's the case, why didn't she just stay dead? Yeah, I don't think she needed to come back to life. No, and, and unless she re- regenerated, unless she regenerated, because um, that would make sense. I do think it's funny though how um, so Georgia so her her professional um, her professional sta- her stage name is Georgia Moffat, which is the same surname as Stephen Moffat, but they're not related. No. She is in fact the daughter of Peter Davison, who previously played the Fifth Doctor, <laughs> and she then went on to marry David Tennant after they met on this episode. So she is now Georgia Tennant. 
So she was born Georgia Davison. She changed her name to Georgia Moffat, and she's now Georgia Tennant. And her no relation to Stephen Moffat. No relation to Stephen Moffat. <laughs> just coincidence. Just relation to the fifth and tenth. And so now her her dad and her husband are both former doctors. Yeah. And David Tennant's father-in-law is now is now the, f- the fifth doctor. <laughs> um, I did see her quite funny. She posted on Instagram, uh, this was years ago, I think, it was a picture of David Tennant and Peter Davison uh, both standing on chairs trying to trying to change a light bulb. <laughs> and she, she put, um, how many doctors does it take to change a light bulb? Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Crazy, yeah. But, um, yeah, I like that episode. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a good... Uh, it's a good episode... Uh, in terms of it sets something up and then it, it adds a little twist um, it has a has a bit of drama in it and yeah. um, you know at the end of that it, it could have been another important episode to New Who yeah but I feel like with uh, the River Song importance they capitalised yeah but with this one they dropped the ball yeah they didn't do anything with it I agree and I, I, to, to its detriment I think yeah um, I think if they, if you if you're gonna introduce a, a, if you're gonna introduce a relation to the doctor a, a daughter yeah then she needs to be like his companion like she needs to be a very important this needs to be touched upon and expanded upon yeah you can't just say the doctor doesn't have to gone. be every series but you know it would have been really good to two series down the line her, see her interaction with Matt Smith yeah. Or Peter Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, now that would have worked because he's actually uh, an older gentleman, an old, an older incarnation of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, she exactly. She could have. Um, and even if you, I know this would have uh, would have been different, and it wouldn't have been as good. But I don't think. But you could have even just recast. Like yeah, I yeah. know, I know Jenny in her initial, you know incarnation uh stayed the same but you could have just been like well she could uh, she could have been a, a character in another episode and then the twist is it's and jenny then, and then you're like oh shit it's uh, the well story. i i i did i have uh i did hear there were people who theorized i think this was like later during the the matt smith era yeah. that um that river song was jenny yeah which in my opinion would have been much much better reveal than what it actually is. Yeah. It would that would have made total sense. This is true. She can regenerate, she has her own son screwdriver. She knows the doctor's name. It started in the same series. Yeah. Big circle, but no. He, he, um, he did a bit of a he did a bit of a twist and did a bit of a subvert expectations. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The yeah. But uh, so we haven't actually talked about the finale. Well, so I think we should do that finally. Yeah, finally we'll talk about the finale. Um, I don't know where to start, so you can go. Uh, it's it's good. Is it good? It's good. <laughs> um, okay, so. It's got some aspects which I liked. Yeah. Jack. 
trying He's to, back again. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack's I mean, we get called in. grumpy young men for a reason. Um, <laughs> Do we? I wonder who that is. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. Um <laughs> so Jack's good. I like Jack. Yeah. I mean that sounds like a statement. It's just like I've brought that out of the blue. But um Of course. The companions coming back and Harriet Jones. Oh, Harriet Jones! Um, Love a, Harriet Jones. A fan favorite of of the um, of the podcast. Yes, we um, know who you are. <laughs> when the Daleks do. <laughs> when the Daleks don't the, the yeah when the Daleks do us. Now that's so that's fun. a that's a stupid cheesy joke that I really like. But it it makes sense because it's been an ongoing joke. It's a running joke. Yeah. Of the show. Yeah. You know, it was it was funny when she was doing it at first. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, from when she was like an MP of Flydale North, yeah. of like, you know, it's just random. It moment. evolves as well yeah. because it and then the, um, but then job. So you know, it, 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 there's an evolution to that joke. That's why it's funny. Yeah, I know. Um, cheesy. Martha says it as well. She's yeah. like, yes, I, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> former former <laughs> prime minister. It's like, yeah, you'd expect everyone to know. And she carries it around with her. That's, <laughs> she's got it the whole time. <laughs> so Harriet Jones. Um, Tony Blair was like Tony Blair, former prime minister. Yeah, that'd be it. With, with, a, so with an ID badge. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, Harriet Jones. We love Harriet um, Jones. Yeah. Uh, I I like the reintroduction of Davros. Oh yeah, Davros. I love. It's great. Uh, a because. There's also a bit in the finale where the Doctor realises that he's not he's not the one really in control. Mm. They're keeping him, you know, he saved the Daleks using parts of his himself to kind of recreate this army. Mm. But then, you know, the Supreme Dalek is like, yeah, but you're dangerous and we have to keep you in the basement. Yeah. Uh, you, you're basically their, he's like basically their prisoner um, just with the He's able to kind of, you know, dictate from below, I guess, um, which is kind of interesting because he could have just been like he could have just been exactly like the the Dalek Emperor from uh, series one, mm. you know, um, with the same motives and everything like that. But um, yeah, but the, with Davros, like you pointed out at the time, it seems his intention seems a bit. This is going to sound really weird, but a bit extreme. Mm. It seems a bit... I know, it's, again, I sound really stupid saying it, but really over the top to just destroy all of reality. Yeah. You could have had the... You could have had the the intention be the destruction of Earth. Yeah. Or... The enslavement or of, that, of the human yeah, race. Or that, or that whole solar system or, you know, that part of the universe, blah, blah. Um, but to destroy all reality, everywhere, every dimension, completely, is is like where do we go from there? Yeah, it's 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 way over the you top. You leave zero wiggle room for a big finale in another series. Yeah, because it's it's like the because the stakes can't get higher. It's the most extreme you can go. Yeah, the entire universe in every reality, yeah. all life, all to have re- never existed. All time. What so? What going all the way back to the Big Bang? Yeah, and and beyond. Beyond. Yeah. It and 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 it's a bomb. Yeah. It's literally, it a, bomb. literally a bomb. 
um, another uh, thing. What? Uh, so I like the. Uh, I like turn left. As an episode, it's interesting. Yeah, you're right. Turn left has a really interesting concept. Yeah, because it's a three part finale, you know. Um, uh, so you know, just on a random planet, Donna finds a. <sighs> She's yeah, got a fucking insect on her back, of course. That is the worst bit about Turn Left. It could have just, again, it could have just been a different monster. It looks like a rubbish prop. It is a prop. It's literally like a, a big rubber a plastic, beetle. A plastic beetle that you'd find at, you know, Funky's um, yeah, the Halloween, Halloween shop. Halloween shop, you know. Um, oh, what's the one in, uh, what's the one in Enfield Town that we one used to go to? Uh, I can't remember. There's there's that big party store in New Barnet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, it just looks like something you'd find in there, a, like a plastic prop that looks crap. Like it looks shit. Like you could have had any other alien. Yeah. Make it up, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, it could have been like a Dalek device because I'm pretty sure it's the Daleks who orchestrate the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's Dalek Khan. Yeah. Manipulating time. So they could have just had a fucking, could have had Dalek Khan. Yeah. Because he's a squid. It could have been, yeah, you're right. It could could have just been like a, it could have just been like a a little round circular device. that's like Dalek tech. Yeah. It's got like the little ball. Or, you know, attached to the back of her neck. Yeah. You know, or... Or it could have been if you you know, or I think we were saying it could have been like one of those disgusting slug things like in a Wrath of Khan. Yeah. That like go in your ear. Yeah. And it's like really horrific and invasive. And you're like, oh that's horrible. The, I, I liked the um the um, the head blobs from Futurama. They go on your head and they just make you do they just make you think whatever they want. Yeah. But yeah, it could have been any it could have been anything better than um a cheap three quid prop. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, you're right. Turn left is um, the the whole alternate um, timeline. Is interesting. It's really interesting, and I like seeing the the references the what to if. Uh, the past Doctor Who stories, yeah. where um, but that he but because he he wasn't there to save them. Yeah. This is what happened. This was the effect of those things. Yeah, I mean, it gets really dark quite early on because uh, I mean, you have the the. Uh, the first time that Donna meets the Doctor, that doesn't happen. With the Sycorax? No, yeah. that was the first. No, the, um, uh, what's the, the spider? The spiders. Thing. Spider lady. And um, so I think, uh, I think that one is just the, the army shoot down the star. Yeah. I mean, not too much changes. Like, the world doesn't get taken over by these. No, that's true. Yeah, the, the army just shoot down the star and just obliterate it with with the, with the tanks. <laughs> yeah, and I was a little bit like, oh, so, so it's the, the Titanic the, crushing. Yeah, into, that's fucking dark. Into that, that causes the most destruction. Yeah, a nuclear bomb goes off in London. There's yeah. like millions of people dead. <laughs> that's that's actually quite dark. Yeah, again, so over the top, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Did, did, did why did it need to be nuclear? I mean that was written in the um, 
in the Voyage of the Damned. I know. It's, it's well, not like they've just decided. No, you're right. But what I'm saying is, why in Voyage of the Damned did yeah. it have to? Why couldn't the fact that it was going to crash into Buckingham Palace be enough of a of or a, into London? It still would have killed like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, it still would have been devastating. But why they, he literally was like, well, it's, it's always like the biggest threat, isn't it? Exactly. But um, yeah, important. so that that happens, and that's like horrific, and um, yeah, and it shows you like what would happen uh, without the. Well, if that were to happen, you know, you're <clears throat> displacing hundreds of thousands of millions of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just doesn't really get any better. And then you hear about, like, um, you know, with the, the Atmos and the Solitarans, uh, yeah. uh, it's basically like... Oh, Martha getting killed because yeah. of the and Smith and Jones at the hospital. Yeah. She gets killed. Yeah, she dies. Yeah. Also, like, the in the soul in the Sultan one there so it's Torchwood who who do it yeah but they die but they all get killed yeah, yeah. so because they go up to the ship and they do exactly well they work out with what happens um, so it's the same outcome but just like everyone you know who was connected to the Doctor is, is pretty much dead um, but yeah it's it's interesting it gets really dark and it gets really desperate you know well yeah it does and then there's a, <laughs> um, a time machine um, just in it yeah which I must admit really made me think of Austin Powers the spy who shagged me <laughs> where the Do- Doctor Evil's got like a the like spinning a, a star game yeah. it's like you know I have built a time machine yeah. and it's just right okay yes. he's just got a time machine they literally built a time machine using the TARDIS, didn't they? Yeah, what? They, like how were they able to get in? What? Well, the, yeah, they've oh, just yes, got some was. like cables coming yeah. out of the TARDIS to this like pad, pad with mirrors on it and lights. Yeah. And she wears the fucking jacket with the wires. Oh. And I'm just like, no. Oh, it's a bit Austin Powers, isn't it? We're sending you to the seventies, Austin. <laughs> Your father's been kidnapped by gold. I feel like Rose is in it, of course. Yeah, for her sake. I feel like they um, they skipped a lot because they were just like we have to somehow get her to the past, and I'm just like I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure like Jack he had a his vortex manipulator where he can travel, but it's you know like it's not clean it's fucking dirty time travel or whatever they mentioned yeah I feel like they could have just done something like that if they'd just taken Jack's because he's dead his vortex manipulator and just said we've got this well the thing is Liam um, (laughs) towards the end of the episode it gets a little bit after I mean even if you can sort of oh accept the alright they they built the unit built a time machine using TARDIS technology um, and, and and Donna has to put like a rucksack on okay fine um, but that's not the most egregious crime she goes back in time she she works out that she has to sac- she has to um, walk out front of the lorry in order to make her past self turn left instead of right yeah. fine I can accept that but then as Donna is lying dead on the pavement, the Donna who's just gone back in time, Rose appears. 
So terrible. It's like, and it's not a dream. That's her. Yep. So it's like, well, hang on, hang on a minute. If Rose, if if Rose can appear in the past, why the fuck didn't she just go back in time and stop and yeah. you know stop Donna from turning from turning right? Close the road herself. Literally just close the road. Yeah. Get a fucking sign. Close the road. Well, yeah, true. You're right. Donna didn't. She didn't really need to walk out in front of that lorry, and no. but you know she had like a matter of seconds. That's all she could think to do. But if it, I it's so right. So if Rose can travel, so so apparently Rose can now travel not only between dimensions, but she can also now travel in time. Presume. I mean, how did she get there? Did she? Did she? Did she follow Donna? Did she use the pad, or does she just have that ability because she's magic now? <laughs> That's so convoluted. You get to the end of the episode and you're like, all of the the gravitas of like what's happened prior is just like falling away yeah. because it just doesn't make sense. And also, why does it have to be Donna? Because yeah. she says, oh, it has to be you. It has to be you. But all Donna does when she goes back in time is is kill herself in order to make that lorry block the road. Yeah. And, and, and which then causes... Uh, past Donna to turn left instead of right but why did that why did why did future Donna have to do that anyone could have done that if it's just a matter of stopping a lorry Rose could have done that another member of unit could have done that they didn't why did Donna have to do that and they knew because she the Billy you know Rose is just the one who's telling her you need to turn left yeah if you know just go do it yeah (laughs) Oh, anyway, turn left has its moments and then just falls apart at the end. And then you have the um, the big grandiose uh, end of uh, everything because I think they thought that that was it for Talent and Russell at that point. So well, I think they so knew. They literally, like they every, knew that it was yeah. their it was their last series, their last full series. Yeah. Which is which explains the, the completely over the top finale. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the end. That it's, it's journey, like the end of Doctor Journey's Who. Journey's end is how yeah. I imagine Doctor Who finish like ending in completely. Yeah, you know all of all of the available. Yeah, people not just a series. Yeah, but that's how that's how the fin- the actual finale of the whole show going all the way back to. The 1963 that's yeah. how I imagine that would be not yeah. just the end of this current series mm. and like we said it, it's so bombastic that it leaves little room for any real credible threat in the future well look I mean look so because we're because we're grumpy old men um, young. I'm, I'm young oh you're oh right okay. no, we're both young. well I'm a grumpy old man oh, um right. Well, why don't you talk about the the positive things about it, <laughs> and I'll I'll talk about the negative things. What's what's good about it? Um, I think uh, you mentioned I Jack like, Davros. Yeah, Davros. Um, um, what was a good struggling? Yeah, Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of you talking. Um, the bit that you said where it was like where he does get shot like you could have had like a oh. a happy reunion you know they they Billy Piper Rose and David Tennant could have could have got back together could have had a hug and a, uh, you know uh, oh it's great to see it. get shot by a Dalek 
But you were right, he should have just regenerated there. Look, I know well I I know that it was it was the end of you know, it was it was the end of, of the first part of a two parter. Mm. So you couldn't have you can't have regeneration. I mean, it would have been I would have been, been, been good, but um just go on, just go on to the bad bits because there's a lot more of those. <laughs> uh, well, it's good fan service. Oh yeah, actually yeah. Um, it's nice to see companions meeting each other, mm. um, and you know, I, even though I think it's really cheesy and cringe, I, it is. I, it is quite fun where they're all in the TARDIS together at the end. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, it's a great doctor. It's a great scene. It's a great little scene. Um, you know, and it, 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 I like um, I like Donna's I like Donna's uh, Donna's end to her story. Mm. I think it's very tragic. Actually. Oh yeah, very tragic. The way that she, I mean, she changed so much as a person, but then reverted back. Yeah, you know. and it's just and it, and the fact that she's forgotten it all and. It's very sad. I really like that moment as well. Um, I really like that moment where he, uh, after he's talked to you know um, Wilf and and her mum, and he just he just pops his head around and goes, "Donna, I'm I'm going." And she's just turned around the phone. And she's really like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Oh, that's it's heartbreaking that, yeah. that um, and I like that because um, not it's not it's it's sad, but it's not soppy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. It's, <laughs> now on to the, bit, the bad bits. I mean, yeah, it's, um. well, it's just, there's just a lot of things in it I think are a bit, um, are a bit dumb. Like, so yeah, look, you you mentioned the, the, the threat level is just so over the top. And it's huge. so immense, isn't it? You know, it, it's, I mean, it's not even like uh, the whole of Earth is at, is at stake. It's like you said, the whole of reality, and it's just it's so over the top. And um, why, as well? Because it's not even like I don't think Davros says that the Daleks would survive, because it's the whole of reality. Yep. So I don't understand why no. what their what their their goal is there. Um. I mean, they. I know this is going maybe too deep into it, but then they would just exist with nothing in in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so yeah. But that is just so over the top, and and um, and then you see, this is the thing. This is uh, with this is the thing with with uh, this era, Rusty Davis era, is the threat level is way over the top, and yet the resolution. Is so oh. simplistically dumb. I hate. I hated that bit. Um, we were just like looking at each other, like you've had three whole episodes of setup. Yeah, it's and then it's literally Donna t- presses a button. It's the red button yeah. all over again. From uh, I mean, she literally name. says she literally when she's doing a that button there. She's like, oh, in other words, that button there. Yeah, and she literally pulls a lever, and that. It's all 
and that like the reality bomb terrible that's yeah. that's no longer a threat all of a sudden the daleks aren't a threat like the other companions like kick them and spin them around it's that bit it's that bit where she like, turns, turns the she's like spinning davros round yeah. and he's like oh uh, and oh mate. and also it gets very cbb's at the end yeah exactly and and I, now i think about it as well the the whole dr donna sort of story arc it's 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 not that it's not that good um it, it you know it I don't know it yeah I don't know it's a bit bad wolfy in that it's sort of like what um I don't know it's just um so yeah so that 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 really that's really irritating see again I think that the, the it's the opposite of Moffat because with Moffat the, the 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 threat would be quite contained yeah it would be a group of people or or you know even the whole planet oh. but it would be it, the, the threat would be more contained but the resolution would be really complicated and clever yeah and it would have detailed detailed it, rather than oh um she's really cre- clever presses a button yeah exactly and it you and you're like wow the doctor that is so impressive the way that he's the way that he's resolve worked out whereas whereas in this it's like yeah the whole of reality is at stake but we just press a button and and, and it's 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 fine um and then so there's that and then there are and then there's the whole metacrisis doctor thing um now again when i saw this um at the time i i loved it you know, but that's because I was a uh, that's because I was a dumb kid, and there was a human doctor, and there were still people today who probably love it, um, who are no longer kids but are still dumb. Um, yeah. Oh God, it's just like so. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, he wastes. Where do I even begin? He wastes a regeneration. He wastes a life. We didn't know this at the time, but. It was. It's later established that the, the the time lords only have a maximum of uh, uh, twelve regenerations, and because the tenth Doctor does what he does, um, he he wastes a life. So he literally only doing one more time. Which meant that the eleventh Doctor, because of the War Doctor and, and the Metacrisis Doctor, the eleventh Doctor was in the thirteenth. Uh, life cycle mm. and therefore the last um and I, you know and which I, yes does explain the whole transalor th- thing being his you know the end of that slight cycle but uh, it's just such a waste the hand thing and then it grows another doctor but he's half human why because, uh, because then, it was a two-way because crisis. because donna because donna was there I just so he's now half half human, she's half time lord, but she doesn't have two hearts. She ah, oh, it's just, it's it's just oh, and I feel like uh, Russell just wrote the word Doctor Donna together, you know, for the Ood yeah. story, and then was probably like, "Thank you, Doctor Donna, you have saved the Ood," and then he was just like, "Right, how the fuck do I get to that point?" Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, he has to regenerate, not regenerate, and she has to be right next to it. Yeah. Touch it because she's got, like, the background energy. Kind of like Rose from the 
the Dalek episode yeah. from season one. You can see where that's coming into it. But I'm also just like, ah, oh, there's too much there's too much has to go has to go correct. Has to Yeah. You have to explain it better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You yeah. have to explain it better or make it simpler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just uh, I don't know, it's just it's just really dumb. I mean, like I said, what I, I really would have loved it if um because I know it seems like a very unspectacular death, but actually, the tenth Doctor getting shot by the by, uh, by a Dalek, whilst he's literally running towards Rose, but then he gets shot before they can, oh. uh, they can meet. I think that's actually quite a, a poignant, good death. It would have been good. Um, you know, and or and he, if he'd regenerated then, and this is. This is one of two times. This so this is the first of two times where um, I think had the tenth Doctor have have regenerated, then it would have saved his legacy, in my opinion. Oh. Um, it would have it would have redeemed the character, um, sort of. Um, the the second time will is is coming up uh, in the specials, but. Um, I know it would have looked, I know it would have been very controversial and there's no way the BBC would have done it and we all would have hated it. I probably would have complained about it at the time. <laughs> but if he um, be on point of view. But imagine it. Imagine if they'd done that. Imagine if they regenerated into a completely brand new doctor and for the second part of this of this um or the third part even of this of this, you know, epic finale, we just had a brand new doctor. Um because then in a way you still could have done you could have had the, the meta crisis, so David Tennant still would have been in it, because because maybe when he's regenerating, a bit of the 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 golden energy could have just floated down into the hand, mm. so he could have then regenerated into Matt Smith, I guess. But then you still could have had the meta crisis doctor, and so therefore you still would have had David Tennant in it. Yep. But but they didn't. They didn't, and then that leads me on to the last thing I really really hate about this episode, and that is the the basically shot-for-shot shot remake of the end of Series 2, oh. Bad Wolf Bay thing, again. Now, I personally had absolutely no feeling about that when in the original, doing Doomsday, I didn't care because I hated their romance. But this is even, for me, is even less emotional because we've seen it all before. It's oh. the same Bay, it's the same music, it's, it's you know, it's Jackie's in the background. It's all the, it's just the Literally same. It's the same. No differences now. There's two of them, and it and so it's like, well, what was the point? So was was that the plan with the Metacrisis Doctor all along? Just just so and making him half human, just so that him that Rose, him and Rose can live happy ever after. Why? That makes the whole thing about with of them getting separated. The fact that she even comes back in the first place makes her the whole her being separated from him in an alternate dimension. Null and void. It's 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 they they retcon their own their own their own emotional storyline yeah um so yeah that's just um that's just really really quite dumb um yeah it takes any punch out of either scene on yeah on it does uh, on rewatch it does because when you watch doomsday you think oh well I get, I get to see it again. She comes back in series yeah. four, yeah. and they, and and this time they, she does, she does get to live happily ever after with with uh, the doctor. Um, 
So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And I've, I know it's... I, t- I said to this to you, like... I know we've had all the fanfare of, like, the last two episodes. But... And, and I know it's, it's actually really cheesy when, obviously... He's leaving Donna's house and it's absolutely pouring with rain on him. Yeah. And it, I'm just like, oh, that's as much as it's good for a, for a good gif, um, <laughs> it's just a little bit like very tongue-in-cheek. Sums him up though, doesn't it? The rat with looking... <laughs> Rose, Rose, her name was Rose. No, no. Which no, one Donna? Donna. <laughs> Donna. My, do- my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it just... At the very end of the episode, I don't know how to feel because it just it just cuts, doesn't it? Like he's in the the, the TARDIS, and I know this very unlike Russell, but it just it just is then just like he he turns he flips the switch on the TARDIS, and it's just like yep, yeah, that's it. And it's very quick because he gets in, takes his jacket off, flips the switch, and it's like it's like ten seconds, yeah. twenty seconds. And you, I don't know, I, that's not a very good way to end it at all. I'll tell you how I felt. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't care at that point. I, um, yeah. It, I, you know, the tenth doctor can go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he just, yeah, I just don't care anymore at this point. I, f- I only care. I, I the only thing I cared about. The, the only thing that made me feel sad was was Donna. Yeah. Felt sorry for Donna. Didn't care about the tenth Doctor. Oh, oh, he's on his own now. Oh, poor you. Why don't you fuck off? You know. <laughs> I just. I don't. I don't care. He's stupid. He's a. He's a vain, narcissistic psychopath. You know. And, you know. Ugh. I just. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, on that note, I'll see you in the specials, everybody. <laughs> I'm sure it will get a lot better.